The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello, and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the podcast where a psychologist, that's Steve, and a comedy writer, that's me, take a crack at your long-running relationship issues. How are you doing today, Steve? I am doing well. And uh, you mentioned as we were potting up these mics that we had a couple of uh, pretty good questions. So let's grab one of them and see what we got tonight. All right. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a good one tonight. Uh, here it is. Uh, love the 10-minute podcast. I have a question for you. I have been dating my boyfriend for about eight months now, and we are talking and praying about getting engaged. I know he is the man I want to marry, and I am excited for that. However, he struggles with anxiety and has just recently started seeing a counselor. Sometimes his anxiety manifests in social situations. For example, sometimes when we are out with people he doesn't know very well, he becomes a different version of himself, louder, talks more, a little more judgy. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I think it's to show people uh, that he is a smart and a fun guy to be around. I haven't had any close friends who deal with anxiety like he does, so I'm not sure how to help him. What can I do to help him be himself uh, around people he doesn't know well i have tried to gently talk to him about it and he doesn't recognize that he acts differently all right i'm going to assume this is right up your alley steve so go ahead and take a crack at it what do we need to do in this case that is a great question and she would probably be surprised at how many people struggle with that and james i've literally had everyone from musicians my office is near music row in nashville and so i get a lot of musicians and songwriters who have stage fright issues, all the way up to like high power corporate guys that have, I, I had one guy just, uh, this is a couple years ago, but he said, I have to look in the mirror and take deep breaths before I do a presentation in front of the board because I'm so jacked up, like my body is revving. That's what that anxiety is. So there's a whole gamut of people that this affects. And uh, socially is probably where most of this starts coming out because I, I'll back up a step and say the difference between a shy person, which her boyfriend kind of sounds like, and an extroverted gregarious person is how quickly your sympathetic arousal system activates. So all of us have fight or flight and all of us need a certain level of stimulation for that button to get pushed and we launch. Our bodies rev up. We get that burst of energy to hold our ground or get the heck out of there. Real shy kids, what happens when they're one, two years old, and her boyfriend was probably like this, as they approach a, a group of kids on the playground that they don't know, they don't even have to get close to the sandbox and their body activates. And if you've ever been really nervous, James, you know it's physically uncomfortable to be nervous. And so what do we do when we feel tense? We try to reduce the tension. So what does the kid learn to do? Back away. The further back he goes, the less tension he feels. And over time, that boyfriend kind of learns not to approach in the first place because he doesn't like that feeling. Well, smash cut to when they're 23, 24 years old. He's got a girlfriend. They're going to a party or he's going out with her buddies or something. And that same thing happens. But now we have to come up with a way to cope. And the way that a lot of guys cope, and women too, frankly, is they do get the way he gets, loud. He starts to get uh, a little more insulting, a little more abrasive because he's overcompensating for that feeling of wanting to withdraw. Anyway, so a couple of things for her to him. One is, <laughs> I don't mean to be taking up all the time, I need a little backstory there, but one is engage the sympath, I'm sorry, the parasympathetic nervous system. 
And that is the part of us that relaxes everything, gets it all back to normal. And the quickest and most efficient way to do that is deep breath in, let it out slow. The cadence should be whatever measurement of time you're using, one in, two out, one in, two out. And I'll tell people, if you're walking into a situation that you know is gonna make you nervous, breathe according to your footsteps. One step in, two steps out. One step in, two steps out. Think about yawning. If you've ever had a deep yawn, when you yawn, you feel relaxed because yawning pushes that button and activates the parasympathetic nervous system. It relaxes us. The reason we yawn is because our brain is falling asleep and therefore it wants the body to calm down so we can go and it be nappy poo time. And that's exactly what happens. So one is engaged parasympathetic arousal system and two is um, a, a therapist can certainly help him with this, but just to have her do kind of what the Dale Carnegie courses do, which is there are some simple techniques we can teach to help people know what to do in those situations. Topics to talk about, how to respond, give yourself two beats before you answer somebody, just to put a pause in there to give yourself time to collect yourself. Um, Anyway, so little things that uh, there's YouTube videos, she can get a book on how to manage social anxiety and a lot of it is just training for how do you conduct yourself in situations when your mind is starting to go into vapor lock and there are things we can do to help. Well, I have a... <laughs> That's my like, encapsulated answer. <laughs> I have a, I have a quicker fix. If you're at a cookout or someplace, there's there's there is no social anxiety on this planet that two beers can't fix. Two beers and you, I am calm and ready to go and ready to engage. Uh, but in a in a broader sense, it's possible that some of what he's going through isn't necessarily a flaw. It's a feature. Uh, I don't have a, a big fancy psychology PhD like Steve does, but I have listened to a lot of psychology book at triple speed on my headphones. And uh, <laughs> one of the things they bring up with you know brain chemistry and things like that is is in a sense there really is isn't a real you. I mean, how you interact in, in different situations, I mean, that that's the you too. It's possible that you think the real him is when he's at home with you and calm and that the, the fake him is out there when he's performing, but maybe that's just the way he responds to different situations and maybe that's the way he wants to respond. Maybe he wants to be uh, this social, fun, smart guy and maybe he's just a little bit awkward at it because he needs more practice, uh, but I know uh, I, I'm this way somewhat too. I mean, when I'm home with my wife and my kids, I'm gonna I'm not going to be as talkative because I'm not, I'm not performing. I'm not trying to impress anybody uh, and not that I could I you know my wife would boo me off stage but when I'm out and I have somebody to impress them I, I might be a bit more outgoing uh, unless I'm just lazy <laughs> you know no I'm just gonna sit in a corner and drink my beers so um, you know, it, it's great to get him help for the, that anxiety if it is anxiety. I mean, Steve gave some really good tips, uh, but at the same time, you don't want to totally muzzle the guy and tell him he needs to be as, as quiet and as subdued as he is at home. I mean, if he's out at a party, uh, you know, maybe let him have fun, but just kind of express the boundaries that you're comfortable with. You know, it's okay to be talkative and fun, but don't be talking over people. Don't be don't be making people feel uncomfortable. Just whatever the particular situation is, uh, I, I know that it, it, it's never it's never super fun to be boxed in by somebody to say you can't act this way at a party don't be don't be the buzzkill um un unless you know it really it's a it, i guess my, my question would be is it a problem for other people or is it just a problem for you uh have other people commented that he's out of line or are maybe you more sensitive to that just because you know how he is the rest of the time i know my wife when i go out in public or especially when i get up on stage a lot of times she won't watch me when I appear in front of audiences because she feels that secondhand embarrassment. And maybe that's some of what you're feeling there too. And maybe maybe to a casual observer who uh, who doesn't know him as well, maybe
maybe maybe it's not as bad as you think. Uh, that's that's me optimistically appraising the situation. Your thoughts, Steve? Yeah, that's a good point. She used the word judgy in her question. And uh, that sort of speaks to your point, which is maybe this is treading on ground that she's not comfortable with. But the simple solution there is um, ask him if he's done things or if he regrets it or if he would like to change some of that. Um, I know, and I don't know how you are, I don't think you drink a lot of caffeine, James, but if you've ever had a couple of, like a Mountain Dew or something, and you can sort of feel that buzzing, I've been in situations where I do talk over people and I cut them off, and I feel bad, and it's almost like I can't stop myself from doing it. And so asking him if he feels any of that and would like to change himself, that might be a good starting point. But there is a, there is a center stripe of the road between being loud and overbearing and being muzzled or subdued like let's try to hit socially appropriate and uh, who gauges what is socially appropriate I suppose that's the argument that you're making which is let's talk about what his level of appropriateness versus yours but they are a couple and they do have to reconcile differences that way and by the way your two beers I will guiltily say that I tell people that too if you can have a highball and just kind of milk it for a while that can soothe that part of your brain that's spinning. You're absolutely right about that. Well, I'm glad to hear my alcohol coping strategy is psychologist approved. So that's that's good. <laughs> not, not alcohol abuse, just the two um, for now. Uh, and going into that, um, I, I guess you mentioned the, the, the judgy part as well. I, 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 uh, and maybe that indicates being more abrasive. I, uh, I, I find I, I run into what you mentioned a second ago with uh, talking over people. And it's not always that I mean to talk over people. It's that I don't think as fast as I'd like to think I do. And I run into this sometimes with a podcast. My, <laughs> my train of thoughts is just that. It's a train. And it has to, it takes a little bit to get moving. And sometimes I start that train moving, but I have, sound doesn't actually left my mouth and somebody else starts talking and I cut them off. But I assure you, my thoughts started first. It just didn't leave my mouth till a full five seconds later and that's how, the problem it's how not rude of them yeah exactly how did, could they not anticipate that the <laughs> wheels in my head were very slowly turning uh and we've got i think you and i have gotten a lot better about that i think i i tried to run you over a lot more at the start but i've i've now learned to just pause and let you embarrass yourself and then i go although although this is <laughs> this is the podcast where we don't fight so you actually sound very smart and i have to i have to swallow my inferiority complex here on the other podcast wrong and wronger that's where i just get Give you enough rope to get in trouble so so yeah that that is a situation too so yeah i guess i guess talk with them you mentioned that you've uh you've talked with him gently about this maybe have a stronger conversation because if it bothers you enough to write into us i mean clearly it's something you're concerned about and you're going to want to be on the same page as this as this goes longer especially if it gets into marriage so definitely have that conversation see where he's at with the anxiety see where he's at with where who he wants to be in public and see how much of what he does is intentional how much of it is unintentional and from there you can achieve that center line that Steve was talking about and uh, and hopefully come to a place where you're both comfortable with each other in social situations. That's a perfect wrap. Take it home, man. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another week of 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage. Uh, as always, we will tackle any relationship issue. It doesn't have to be marriage. It can be boyfriend, girlfriend, two platonic friends, co-workers, parent, child, whatever your long-running issue is, we will take a crack at it. You can send those questions to me. It's James Breakwell at ExplodingUnicorn.com. That's Exploding Unicorn with the E. Uh, send those in. All uh, questions are anonymous, and uh, we do. We, we take them seriously. 
and semi-seriously. We never make fun of you. We we address the we address the topic and have some fun and really try to help you out. And uh, sometimes yeah. we do better than others, but that's that's always our intention. We come into this with goodwill. So thank you for joining us for another week of 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back. <laughs>